0: Hello, and welcome to the 108 Podcast. I'm Amanda.
1: And I'm Raquel. And we are the Type 1 Together Girls. We are stripping down life with Type 1 diabetes from two people who live different versions of it every single day. Please remember, Type 1 Together does not give medical advice. We are only sharing from personal experience.
0: Yes. Okay. Welcome, everybody. So um, today's episode, we went to our... Like basically request section. And mm-hmm. we're going to dive into how to respond to, I wish I didn't have type 1 diabetes when our kids say that to us. And then we'll talk a little bit about like how to talk to your kids and how to involve your kids. Um, but before we get into that, let's catch up on what's going on. So Raquel, what yeah. have your past few
1: days been like? <laughs> Life has been good, but blood sugars have been a mess and it doesn't happen often anymore, but I feel like there are days now where, or forever, it's always been like this. There's always a few days a year, at least maybe a month that diabetes is just completely crazy. And no matter what you do, you can't figure out why. And I was doing all the things. Uh, I, I did a cycling class on Tuesday. It's Thursday now. And sometimes that will speed up my insulin sensitivity, right? And that's a great thing. And it's a huge reason why I work out. But sometimes it makes my blood sugar really fragile. I don't know if that's what it was, but it was like the combination of having heightened sensitivity, it made it so that I was – like anytime I ate one little thing, it was like my blood sugar was skyrocketing. That's the part I don't understand. Like it was just – like my body was so sensitive to the carbs. But then because of the sensitivity, as soon as I would give insulin, it would just tank. And I was urgent low, like under, I think I was 55 twice yesterday. And then one time I was like 47. I was like, what is happening? Uh, And Kevin was like, Raquel, why do I keep getting urgent low notifications for you? And I had to keep texting my mom like, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay. But yeah, it was just like up and down and up and down. And we have been doing like Wednesday date nights where we switch off planning stuff. And so last yeah. night we went to this little like food hall in a mall. They just opened it here with like a lot of good stuff. So we're just trying a bunch of random things. And for dinner, I got this like chicken katsu sandwich. It was like fried chicken. It was so good. Um, and then like we shared a little bit of pizza. So it was like a lot of high carb, high fat foods. And yeah. as soon as I got there and we were ordering, I was low already like I was dropping and so like just from walking from the parking lot to this place was was probably like a five minute walk I got low and then like ate a couple fruit snacks because I knew the food was coming but it wasn't ready and that's like the most frustrating thing when it's right at that time that you're about to eat yeah and then when the food came I was already going way up and I knew it was going to be a lot of carbs so I gave some but Then we knew we were going to have dessert after we ate, but like we wanted to walk around first for a little. And I was really glad (laughs) that we did that because it was going to help that like high fat spike that I normally have. And I don't know, it's like I was going straight up, like I think I was 116 straight up. And as soon as we walked for like three minutes, I was 122 level. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. And then part of me is like, is my Dexcom just going crazy? Like, is this not, but no, like my blood sugars were just being like that. And whatever. This is a long story, but basically it just kept (laughs) being so, so sensitive like that. And it made it really hard to make any sort of decision because it was just up and down all day and all night.
0: I really love that you brought that up for a lot of reasons. One, (laughs) it's just like real and it is what it is. But two, can I just say for those of us who have like the young kids, or even like I think anyone, obviously, because you're talking about it right now and you've had diabetes for twenty one years, when we got sent home, we had that whole like sliding scale that I had mentioned in a previous episode, including a fifteen gram snack mm. in between breakfast and lunch and between yep. lunch and dinner, right? And that was supposed to be without um, an insulin injection, so like whatever. and yeah. I tried that and realized it never worked. It always her, sent her her like skyrocketing. And then there were other times where like at night she would ask me for a snack and I would do mostly a no-carb snack just because I didn't want to poke her again. But I would give her, let's say, one peanut butter pretzel that had three grams of carbs. And the theory mm-hmm. was like, that's a freebie. That's Those are free carbs. And she would go from like 120 – To 285. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy. Like she's crazy. Yes. And just the sensitivity. So I'm just putting that out there for any of you who like are, if anyone is at home scratching their head, wanting to pull their hair out, like, you know, my and my child's endo told me that this is okay to Mm do. And it's not. It doesn't feel okay to do because the numbers aren't reflecting that it's okay to do. You're not alone in that.
1: Yeah, and there's literally no normal. That's one thing. If anything else I've learned over this many years of diabetes, like there's no such thing of just knowing your perfect rate and it being that way. And so I do see parents a lot of times saying, oh, well, this was working. And now all of a sudden it's not, but it's only been a day. And it's like that day could just be a weird day. Like there could be so many things going on in your body and you don't really know what it is. And also sometimes there's no point in trying to figure out what the reasoning is. Yeah. Like I was trying for a little bit yesterday and then ultimately it's like, well, this is how it's going to be. So like, I'm just going to figure out a way to handle it. And sometimes you don't need a why, which is really hard yeah, for especially personalities like me like you want to know why so you can fix it next time but sometimes you're just not going to have an answer and that sucks but you just got to move on and then tomorrow if the same thing happens and the next day and the next day then maybe you make a change in basal rates but yeah there's just no normal ever no <laughs> there isn't that's
0: another thing like I remember in the early days a lot of times when I would call in to talk about like oh we had a lot of lows or we're just high all the time or whatever. And I would call in and once I kind of started to understand what was happening, I would be like, I don't think this carb ratio is working. Like one to 30, is isn't working? I want to try one to 25. And they would just be like, now slow down. We don't make changes for at least five days. And it's Mm -hmm. like, there's a balance of not making changes because it's a random one-off day and yeah. knowing that a change has to happen. Yes. You, you know, know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's another thing that I wish had been said, like, yeah, said to me early on. And I wish that a lot of, like, the CDCs that I had called in to talk to about all this stuff would have encouraged me and been like, you know, you're a kid. And this is mm-hmm. what could be happening. So, you know, have just maybe met me in the middle a little bit more. Like, I hear you. Let's, let's try and fix it. You don't want one to 30. You want one to 25 can let let's meet in the middle at one to 28. Yeah. Know, if you see improvement, but it's not where you want it to be then call back again and we'll move back down, you know, but it,
1: it There's was definitely never a Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, For sure an advocate for just making the change when you know it's time as well and it's a really hard thing to know I feel like that's when intuition comes in and you just have to make the call one way or the other but yeah and that's just a matter
0: of time that's literally Mm -hmm. just one of those you know it's like everything in life when when like there's a death in the family and you're just like how can this how am I ever gonna feel okay and the shitty but very real answer is just time you know? Yeah. So I'm definitely, yeah.
1: Helps with diabetes for sure. Um, and also another little fun thing coming up is Amanda and I are going this weekend to the type one nation summit in LA. I think it's in Pasadena. Um, and these events are always so fun to get to meet everyone. So that's just something I'm really excited for because we have a table and I think by the time this comes out, it would have already happened, but we're hoping to attend Many more in the future, hopefully in different areas too. So I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah, me too. If anyone ever sees us
0: out and about, especially at these like diabetes events, always please come up and say hi. Yes, and please chat with
1: us. We love it. Yeah. All right, Amanda, give us your updates. Um, <clears throat>
0: I'm where do I even
1: start. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, so my today is my type one three year old's third day of preschool with new teachers and day one went great. I realized that when she gets dosed for her snack, that dosage is still using her morning carb ratio, which is like way more insulin than the rest of the day because she's so insulin resistant in the mornings right when she wakes up. And so I adjusted the carb ratio to be um bigger, like instead of one to thirteen for breakfast, it's one to eighteen for mm-hmm. snack time after like 9 a.m. So that seemed to help. But it is one of those things where we we're just like we were just saying, like I made that change. I knew it needed to happen because it was just very obvious. Like she she went down really fast, you know whatever. But then this is <laughs> just such a learning experience. Her yesterday morning, today's Thursday, yesterday was Wednesday, obviously. And <laughs> we woke up in the morning and my husband was like, oh my gosh, her Dexcom expires at 1130 today. And she would have still been in preschool. Oh. So like, what do we do? And I was like, change it right now. It was like 730 in the morning. Yeah. And so he changed it really quickly. And I typically drop her off around nine ish. So she was without readings for half an hour. And when they came back on, like as soon as I dropped her off, I walked into the classroom and I was like, oh, hey, we had to change her next column. You guys are going to be without readings, but I'm going to do a finger prick right now just so we know where we're at. And it was like 98. And then when the readings came on, they were 99, 98, 98, 98. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, really fly. And then all of a sudden they started dropping. It was like 98, 88, 78, you know, Mm. like, so we had to save a low. And then they did a finger prick, like right at snack time because the readings like weren't quite up. It was like they did a finger prick and five minutes later, then the readings came up and – Whatever. So basically at one point she had an LOW. And I was like, Are you guys like, is she eating? You know, because lunch is about the same time every day, but give or take five minutes. And so it's like, have did you guys dose her? And like lunch is taking longer to start. Is she halfway through her lunch? Like, is this gonna come back up? Is it even real? And then I had them. Go take her to do another finger poke, and it was actually 78. And so, yeah, that was just a pain. I felt bad for them because it was a lot that they had to stop and do. Like, her one teacher was on the phone with me a lot, and that is not fair to the other kids, and it's not fair to the teacher who's trying to like. Teach children how to read and write. That's such an important job, you know? I don't know. It's like such an interesting balance there. But anyway, so came home and calibrated because we had another weird, like, she was flat at 100 or something. And then all of a sudden was 62. Calibrated the DEXCOM because it was way off. And then at night, same thing. She was flat in the 80s. And then all of a sudden, LOW and Danny, my husband, went and did a finger prick. And he was like, she's 130. <laughs> oh, like, wow. I know. So we calibrated again. And then she had a really steady overnight. And then this morning, we did one last finger prick to really mm-hmm. just make, make sure. sure. And it was yeah. within five blood sugar points. So Yeah. Um, takes what a day we, sometimes yes it does take a day and what we learned from that experience is we will always check well as often as we can check to make sure that her dexcom is not expiring on a school day during school hours and if it is yeah. we're just going to change it the night before and you yep. know miss out on those last 12 hours or whatever of a good dexcom but it's just not – it's not fair to her. It's not fair to the school. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I didn't even have a Dexcom, though. That's wild to think about. They just had I to do know. the finger pricks all the time. But I do think I was pricking my own finger pretty quickly. Yeah. And I wasn't as young as Hattie. So, there's that. But, yeah. yeah, that's crazy to think about. But I'm glad that you are okay with still dropping her off with a 30-minute, you know, blank space where she doesn't have numbers. Like, oh yeah, it's going to be okay, you know. And – But I assume that you trained them for – did you, like, train them for days where you might not have readings or maybe the Dexcom's not working? Is that something you talked to them about? Um, No. Uh, I didn't train them for that.
0: I basically said, like, if you don't have readings or if the pod gets ripped off or the Dexcom gets ripped off, just call me. And depending on the time of day, I will either come put a new one on or I'll just come pick her up early. Just because right. it's like not, you know, it's she's it's three year old preschool. It's yeah, it's
1: not like full day long. It's no. only half the day anyways. Yeah, yeah. that's so yeah.
0: true. So yes, um, it'll be a different story when she's older. But honestly, by the time she starts kindergarten, she's already doing most of her Dexcom change by herself. That's so and amazing. She, I know, I'm really blown away by her, and she. Uh, is interested I would say half the time in helping me set up new pods and she like knows what she she like ripped it open and she took out the syringe body and she was like where's the needle and I was like oh it's wow. under, underneath the pod and she was like okay and then she put it on and it fell off <laughs> because you know she's three and the dexterity is yeah. not quite there so she didn't twist it and she was like why is it falling off mom I might need you to do this you know <sighs> And good she, asking for yeah,
1: help I love it yeah,
0: she totally yeah I don't know so two years from now
1: I feel like she'll be she can finger prick for sure that's the least of your concerns oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> she yeah. she guides she's already she did that last year she guided her preschool administrator through a finger prick and then because <laughs> like one teacher was reading the instructions apparently and as the administrator was like doing everything. And Hattie was like, "Uh, do this. No, 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 do that. No, it's facing the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) She's a pro. Hilarious. Anyway, so yeah, that's all my updates.
1: And yeah, I don't know. That's it. (laughs) All right. I love it. Well, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We are so thankful to have VileSafe as our podcast sponsor at this time. This is so exciting for both of us because we're both so obsessed with the product and we have used it for so long now. Yes, Vial Safe was created by a diabetic for diabetes
0: and it solves the huge issue of accidentally breaking insulin vials. These are reusable insulin vial covers, and they're kind of like a rubbery texture. They make the vial so much easier to hold, and it saves the expense,
1: heartache, and insurance nightmare and a smell of breaking an insulin vial. I especially love using mine for travel, and they have so many cute colors and designs now that make insulin vials or pens so much more fun. It's such a no-brainer product for me that I believe we all need in our lives, and you can now use code TYPE1TOGETHER25 for 25% off at vialsafe.com. Okay, I've been using these for a while now.
0: I didn't know that they were a product when I my daughter was first diagnosed. But once I like got, you know, on Instagram, and I started seeing stuff around, I knew I had to get them. And I have the five pack of like the colors with the kind of marbled effect. Mm-hmm. And I I like switching them out. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun <laughs> because it just feels like something new and exciting and different. And uh, yeah, I mean, not to mention they are so helpful as my three year old is learning how to pull up insulin on her own little by little. Mm-hmm. That, you know, gives me peace of mind that that life saving insulin is not going to shatter all over our kitchen floor. Um, but then it's also like one more fun thing that she and I get to pick out together, similar yes. to using like a pod tattoo or sticker. It's like, here's your new thing that you get to pick for your diabetes management.
1: Yeah, I feel like the more ways you can involve your child, the better. And that's like such a happy, fun way to do it. And they even have like a unicorn one and a cactus and a heart and uh, a new collection they just came out with as well. So definitely go check them out. I. Also, find it super fun. Just any way to make diabetes more appealing visually. Yes, <laughs> uh, I love. I will always take it. But also, just the safety of it. I have dropped vials in the past. It's so sad. That stuff is just so so expensive, and there's no reason when there's something like this to risk the possibility of just by shattering it. That's it. Yep. Like there it goes three hundred dollars worth of insulin. You know. So um, yeah, I love it, and. I'm just so thankful for FileSafe support. So, yes. like we said, you can use code typeonetogether together 25 for 25% off at filesafe.com. And we're back. Um, okay, so
0: we are going to dive into it. The question that we're going to start off with is how do you respond to your child when they say I wish I didn't have diabetes? So, before I, like, dive in, actually, Raquel, I want your input on this. Like, did you ever say something like that to your parents? Do you have any memories of your parents talking to you about, like, the reality
1: of how hard this disease is? I do remember... Asking my mom in the hospital, I think I brought this up on another episode, but like, do I have to get shots every day for the rest of my life? And she had to say yes to that. But I don't specifically remember asking or saying, I don't want to have diabetes. I'm sure I did. And I don't want to discount anything. Like, I'm sure my parents handled everything wonderfully. Um, At least, you know, now I have a great attitude about it, I would say. So hopefully that means... It all went well, but I really don't remember it, which I don't know if that's helpful. Number one, I have a bad memory in general. So it's very possible that I just don't remember it at all. And also I was five and I was diagnosed, so I don't really remember life before it. So I think that made the transition, you know, easier in a way. Like I it's not like I knew what it was like to be a normal teenager before I was a teenager. I just had yeah. diabetes from day one. So um I guess, or I hope that that is hopeful for parents that even if your children are saying things like this now, it doesn't mean they're going to feel that way forever. I don't know. I really don't have much to say, unfortunately. <laughs> I think it's kind of nice actually to hear that you're
0: sort of like, nah, no, because yeah. I bet you anything you did say something like yeah. that at some point because all kids who have type mm-hmm. one are going to say it at some point. I wish I didn't have it because they will understand that they're different and their Mm -hmm. friends don't have to do what they have to do. And so it is nice to know that like you can't remember saying it
1: because I can almost guarantee
0: that you did, you know, it's like a nice thing to think about because Hattie says it. Like she says Mm. it as a three-year-old. She said it when she was still two and, you know, had diabetes. Like, I think that how you respond to your kids is super dependent on, like, the context of the conversation and the context of the day and, like, where is it coming from, you know? And then also just, like, who your kids are And what they need from you in that moment. Mm. So I don't think that there's a blanket answer for this. I think it has to do with like, like for us, Hattie says, I wish I didn't have diabetes. When it's a hard day in terms of like her Dexcom was off or she ripped off a pump or, um, like we have to do finger poke after finger poke after finger poke um you know like things like that or when we talk to her like she said it the other night because her blood sugar all of a sudden starts spiking randomly mm-hmm. and we we're like can you please have some water no i don't want water honey you need water your blood sugar is going high please just have a sip before you fall asleep it will help it go low oh. I wish I didn't have diabetes, you know? So it it's like a yeah. natural in that moment, we acknowledged it. I think for the the biggest thing that I assume most parents do is you acknowledge like, of course you wish you didn't have diabetes. I wish you didn't have diabetes too. Um, So that's what we do is we always say, I know, like, I wish you didn't have it too and you didn't do anything wrong she we we said we say that a lot you didn't do anything wrong it just happened to you it was bad luck and she recently started saying I oh, wish i didn't have diabetes but i didn't do anything wrong which is like heartbreaking <laughs> to hear a yeah young young child say that but it gave me a little bit of peace i felt kind of like, okay, she's already understanding that she didn't cause it, you know? Um And then I don't know from, I'm not an expert, you know, and I, I'm not like a therapist or anything, but I do think that being just as honest as possible and allowing the feelings and not always trying to fix it i think that a lot mm-hmm. of times when you are constantly trying to fix someone else's problems like it comes across as being it can come across as being almost uncaring you know yes or if you like downplay it it comes mm-hmm. across as like like you're not willing to listen to me and little by little they could start to pull away from you. They could start to pull away from sharing so openly with you. And I am so desperate to avoid that. So I will say stuff like this sucks. Diabetes sucks. You know, you don't have to like agree with them. Yes. You can hate it. I wish you didn't have it. I would do anything to take it away from you. Like I tell her that all the time. I wish I could take it away from you. She's, time said yeah how can we do that (laughs) oh (laughs) she's like yeah you can have it
1: (laughs) you can have it please I definitely think I had a lot of moments especially with site changes where maybe I didn't say straight up I don't I wish I didn't have diabetes but I did not want to do the site changes I did not want to wait to eat birthday cake or whatever it was because you know I had very different rules when I was first diagnosed because of different technology like having to only eat a certain amount of carbs and that kind of stuff so like you're saying all the little moments were the ones that really got to me and I didn't want to have it and I still don't want to have it but this might be a tangent but I'm curious like have you talked with Hattie at all about the idea of a cure because that is something that I feel like I had a lot of false hope with growing up and it definitely wasn't my parents or family but even just like. Like, it was great for me to attend the JDRF walks, and obviously we still love doing stuff with them, but, you know, it's always, like, about the cure, about the cure, and as I got older, like, it was always, like, next year, and the next year, like, there will be one in three years, five years, whatever, and of course it never comes, and I have a lot of thoughts on this, like, I don't know (laughs) if there will be one in my lifetime, or if they already have one, and we don't know about it, there's a lot of theories, right, and I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it, because I don't really think it's worth my energy it's just like if that came great but there's also so many different definitions of a cure like if you had a pump that did everything for you is that considered a cure but I don't know I think for kids that can also be an interesting thing to dissect because it could give them some sort of false hope that they might not have this forever and even to this day I have family members reach out or friends whenever an article comes out that's kind Mm -hmm. of in the bigger news areas and I'll be like, oh, look, cure is coming. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. like I've heard this before. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um,
0: I personally have a strong opinion on that. And this is not to say that I believe other people should operate the way that we do. I have never once brought up to her that there's a possibility of it being cured. And I will They'll never be the one to introduce that verbiage or that language to her. Because especially for young children, their parents, your parents are supposed to be able to do everything and know everything. And I, again, am a firm believer in making sure my kids know that I am human. I do not know everything. I don't have the answers to everything. I can't fix everything. It's I I, I'm just not the parent that's like, because I'm the parent, because I'm your mother. Like I'm not like that, you know, and I don't want to be like that. And so um yeah, the the whole talking about a cure kind of goes hand in hand with that for me. Cause if I ever brought it up, Hattie is very, very advanced in. God, that sounded so braggy.
1: <laughs> she's just <laughs> she gets it. She The gets way what you're she saying. talks,
0: like you know what I mean, Raquel. You've been around her enough. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The way she talks and explains things is like she she's a year or two ahead in a lot of a lot of things. Like she dissects stuff. She really thinks through it. She brings stuff up months and months later. And so, if I were to start talking about maybe one day that. There will be a cure and you won't have it. She'll hold on to that. And I I refuse to do that to her. And so, you know, yeah, no, I don't, I never talk about it. And what's funny is it's interesting that I am in this line of work now with you because we have not ever done a JDRF walk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just,
0: yeah. I don't know. I just haven't, I haven't looked into it. I haven't signed up to do it um I'm not against it at all I think it would be so fun to go yeah Um, yeah. I do think like at this age going to a JDRF walk where they're talking about a cure she won't understand what that means you know she'll Mm -hmm. just be focused on like playing with her other type one friends who would be there that's true yeah but yeah
1: yeah I don't think well we definitely did not talk about bringing up this subject, but I just realized that I've never even talked to you about this personally. Okay. And I hope that this doesn't come across to anyone like we're saying you should or shouldn't do anything. Because uh, I did grow up in that setting going to the walks and it was so helpful for me. But it is interesting now reflecting back on if that gave me false hope. I don't even really know. It's just something to consider and be aware of. And I don't think it was just the walks. Uh, It's just people in general, right? Like people are going to bring it up to Hattie eventually. And I love your outlook on it personally of not being the one to do that. There's no reason to do that right now because it's not the reality right now and you don't want to give her that sense of hope. But yeah, I don't know. Such an interesting topic and we'll see. I think that like the other thing that I am thinking
0: about now is if the current technology, like I feel, one so grateful for the timing of all this—the timing yeah. that I personally had a child in the technical, technological, and medical space that we're in, because mm-hmm. one, 120 years ago she would have died, and yep, you know, like, and then two, 20 years ago it would have been so much more painful like what you had to go through raquel you know like mm-hmm. and and you just deal with whatever space you're in cuz that's all that you know whatever the world is presenting to you is all that you know and yep. so i'm super accepting of where we're at and super grateful being able to reflect on what could have been in the past mm-hmm. the dexcom and Omnipod system give us the most amount of freedom that we can have so that she feels as, uh, normal is the wrong word, but it's the only one I can think of right now. Just, you know, she eats whatever she wants for the most part. And I make food decisions for her as if she does not have type 1 diabetes. And Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where it's like, if her blood sugar is at 300 and she's asking for another piece of cake, well, if she didn't have diabetes, like her in that same scenario, she probably would have already had a piece of cake. If her blood sugar is at 300 and we're at a birthday party, it's likely because she's been snacking. She already had a piece of cake. She already had candy or whatever, right? right? So in both scenarios, I would still say no to a second piece of cake because that's not healthy. Now you need vegetables or whatever or water. And I think that's gonna
1: work for her.
0: Do with the blood sugar. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. I (laughs) that made me realize as you were talking that whenever I look at food and I'm thinking about should I eat this, should I eat that? It's not ever in the lens, well, maybe not ever. Most of the time it's not from the lens of is this okay for my blood sugar? I always feel like I can handle it. It might cause more annoyance and you know, more energy. For me to eat that food based on diabetes stuff but it's always just about should i eat this because it's good for my body and i think the only reason why i have that outlook is because of my family and the way that they raised me so and awesome. that's exactly i think how Hattie's going to be it's not that she won't have struggles with food because like we've said food struggles are inevitable with diabetes and just in the world in general that we're in and yeah you know as a dancer so it's definitely a thing, but. It wasn't because of being told I couldn't eat things when I was younger, which is great. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Sorry, is that, is that Cody or Roy? Both of the dogs. It sounds like someone just rang the doorbell, so we're probably getting a package. But you know Both. what? It's just going to be like this. So. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. It was just a. I was, <laughs> I was like, can they hear that? How? <laughs> um...
0: But yeah, sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent in terms of like the food and birthday cake. But basically what I was like trying to say is that if this is where our current technology is at, I don't necessarily believe in putting a bunch of emotional and mental energy into thinking about a cure and researching a cure because it's not promised. But what is very likely promised is Advancements in technology.
1: Yes. And
0: if we already have the pumps and the algorithms and the looping systems and the DEXCOMs and everything's getting smaller and more precise and more accurate, like I feel really confident that she'll enter her teenage and adult years with smaller devices and better control and more mm-hmm. freedom, you know? Yep. And that. Like if if our life right now, it's tiring, it's hard, it sucks. I wish it wasn't a thing. But if our life right now is the way it is, which is we have figured out how to just live it and make diabetes a passenger, not our driving force, as I say, then I'm super stoked for my daughter and like how beautiful it's all going to turn out to be. Yes. Regardless of she sees a cure in her lifetime or not.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for my future too. And that gives me a lot of peace in thinking about the possibility of my children getting type 1 because I've had several friends and people in my life, females living with diabetes who have had kids recently who yeah. have gotten diagnosed, which has been very hard and also very impactful on me just thinking about my future but then I just think about how good the technology is right now this is the worst it's going to be right and so it's just going to go up from here and we're all going to be okay so yeah. anyways that took exactly. a long <laughs> turn but uh good stuff in there hopefully so okay back to the conversation around like hard things that
0: yeah kids like are the, asking the next thing is like so with with the I wish I didn't have T1D I think An overall overall summary is acknowledging it, allowing them the space to grieve, to talk about it, to cry if they want, asking them what they want, you know, like some of these kids might need you to just say, like, I know, I wish you didn't have it too. I would give anything to take it away from you. Mm -hmm. What do you need right now? Do you want me to hold you? Do you feel like you need to cry? Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to not talk about it and pretend like it doesn't exist? Like all of those options and listing them and looking at your kid and like saying these are your your options, it like puts the power back in their hands when they have so little power in this
1: disease process, you know? I love that. And I think it also applies – to having options in management styles. And so remember that diabetes can feel so different depending on how you're managing, whether that's the technology or, you know, all the things involved. And so maybe if they're really hating diabetes and they're asking this question a lot, it's like, could you give them options in other areas? Like, okay, well, you're really hating your pump right now. Like, do you want to go back to shots for a little bit? Or, you know, do you want to be the one to pick out your Dexcom sticker and like we can go order you some cute, fun designs or, um or vial safe covers. <laughs> you know, all of those little things also give them power and I think I, I remember this one conversation so well. We were in my mom's bathroom and she was talking to me about switching to the pump and I was really really nervous about it. I didn't want to do it at all and she wanted me to. She was like gently pushing me to but was always saying if you don't like it we can go back to shots. And that really helped me. I also did not like playing soccer. I was playing yeah. sports at the time. Soccer was like the only sport I ever actually played. I think, but you know, I'm a dancer at heart. So I remember telling her, "Well, when I'm wearing my pump, it's going to be so hard to wear it during soccer. So I want to quit soccer." And that was, I knew that that was like my way out of soccer. But she was like, "Yeah, uh-huh, okay, like you can try soccer next year." Um, but that it's funny that I remember that and like pretty much not a lot of other conversations from that time. But I think it was really helpful for me to know that I got to make that choice and it was in my hands and it was my diabetes at that time. And that can feel so good. And so maybe they just don't love the way that it's being managed right now. You're never going to love it completely, but what else can you do? What can you change? Right? Like that could really help. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, it's interesting, like
0: coming into adulthood and then Having children of my own and then like hearing your stories, Raquel, it's, it's <laughs> so interesting going back and looking at core memories from childhood and then dissecting like, why is this a core memory? What, yeah. what actually happened here? What shifted in my brain to make it permanent? You know what I mean? Such and, a good question. And in that case, it was your mom giving you the power of your own mm-hmm. disease process that's, yeah. that's incredibly powerful. That's amazing. It is. Um, Yay. Thanks mom. <laughs> yeah. So the next couple questions are like how to talk to kids and how to involve kids. So we've got like five-ish minutes left and we can obviously dive into this more if there's more specific questions from the community. But basically like I talked to Hattie with love and softness and affection and reality. So it's not ever like, well, if we just do this, then maybe – like there's no maybes in mm. the vocabulary surrounding diabetes management. It's it's very like you have diabetes. It sucks. I wish you didn't have it too. But we do need – to change your pump. So, yeah. in order for you to, to eat food, you need insulin. You're going to get your insulin from a pump or shots. Which one? You know, and then she'll say, "Pump, I want a pump." Okay. It needs to be changed, not right now. Okay. I'm going to set a timer. 5 minutes or 3 minutes? 5 minutes. Mm. You know, and then it's like suddenly she has all these all this power. And when it's so kid dependent and it's so mood dependent. So it's like some days I can really feel her being very anti. She's tired, she has no interest, she doesn't want to do it. So I don't push the narrative. I don't push talking about everything I'm doing. I just get it all done. I feel the pump. I bring it up to her and I say, Now which part of your body? Your back or your belly? I want like yeah. we've used your leg too many times. It's building up scar tissue. Your body needs a break, back or belly. Ugh, back, mom. You know, yeah. and it's like, and in 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 a lot of cases, I would say, please don't give me attitude like that. Speak to me with nice words. But then in this case, it's like, you're allowed to be frustrated. You know, mm-hmm. so I just like let that slide. Like, mm, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, that's good. And, and then how to involve kids? I think is just a lot. Like I said, every kid is different, yada, yada, yada. But there's a lot of different things. It's like you can involve them in making food and then just have the conversation of, ooh, we're making muffins. I wonder how many carbs are going to be in one, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. We're making a smoothie, whatever. Let's let's make lunch. Want to have a rainbow plate? What kind of food does your body need? Your body needs all the colors of the rainbow. Let's look in our fridge and see what Whole Foods can help us make the rainbow. Like, yeah, there's a way to play games, a way to make it fun and silly and drop little hints of diabetes education throughout the day.
1: Like the activity we were just making yesterday. Do you want to tell everyone about it? No, I want you to tell everyone about it. Uh, We designed this really cute free activity that you all can download at home. It might be out at this time next week when this is released, um, but you can check for it in the link in our Instagram bio and you just put in your email and it'll automatically send it to you so you can download and print it. And it's basically a couple coloring sheets with different foods. And so your kids can color all the different foods and then cut them out. And glue them or even just place them under these columns that we created. And one side says requires insulin and one says does not require insulin. And then they can kind of learn like, okay, cheese does not. Pizza does. Whatever. And so they can just have fun with designing and coloring. And then, again, just like sprinkling in that education in a very fun and subtle way, hopefully. Yes. And this will be really
0: helpful for hopefully – you know, everyone, but especially those of you who have newly diagnosed children and Mm -hmm. you're maybe still on MDIs or like any of you who are on MDIs. And I remember when we were still doing injections, the hardest part for me was offering a variety of snacks that didn't require insulin because, you know, she wasn't willing to get an extra shot. So I'd always say like, you can have an apple for a snack, but you need an an extra injection. Yep. just because that's that's the management style that worked for us and my daughter. And uh, anyway, so it, this is going to be a great activity because once they color and cut and whatever, then you can even go to the foods in your pantry or in your fridge and mm. be like, which ones need insulin, which ones don't? Yes. And then it becomes more about like, oh my gosh, hey, kiddo, you get the power. Like Mm -hmm. which snack do you want? Which one needs insulin? Which one doesn't? You want to just go grab the one that doesn't, you know,
1: and it creates a sense of independence. It's fun. You can hang it on the fridge. They can always refer back to it. Yes, exactly. So yay, I'm excited for that. And hopefully you all can tag us if you take any cute pictures. Yes, please designs. Oh. I want to see. And
0: we are we're wrapping this up. So I'm glad you mentioned tagging because we have been meaning to tell you guys that if you capture your own blood sugar at 108 or your child's blood sugar at 108, take a picture,
1: put it on yes. stories and tag us, please. Yes, we will share for sure. It's so fun. We want to get the 108. Going around, I always send my screenshots to Amanda when I'm 108. And oh, this is so funny! (laughs) I haven't told you this. In our cycling class, Kevin, one of like the average numbers on the little screen that they have there at the end of class, he's like, Raquel, guess what my average was? And I was like, What? And he was like, 108.
0: Oh, that's so. (laughs) I thought it was the cutest thing. So yeah, we too.
1: (laughs) Yes, everyone and their 108s wherever they are. Love it. So yes, please uh continue rating, reviewing and sharing. We can't thank you enough for all of that and Amanda and I are always sending each other the cute reviews that you leave cuz it makes our whole entire week. So thank yes. you for this. Yes.
0: And we're and, on all the things, you know, at type one together on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook parent group, Honey Health app, the
1: Super Parents community on the Honey Health app. That's really fun and growing. Yes. And if you're looking for our T1D babysitter list, you can find that through our website, type1together.com, or also in the link in our bio and Instagram, you can find the link to be a sitter or to find a sitter, whichever one you are. So perfect. All right. A blood sugar check before we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you go. I'm 118.
0: Ooh, Hattie is 115.
1: Very close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Okay, bye.